If you knew that virtually every other student in your child's school had hardcore pornography wired directly into their bedrooms, and that it was actually approved of and paid for by their parents, would you ever consider paying to have hardcore pornography wired into your child's bedroom? And would that same hardcore pornography affect kids more or less if they were given unfettered access to it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, from the convenience of their own hip pockets? Because when kids are given unfettered access to smartphones, this is effectively what's happening. Today, we're talking to Nate Randall of Gabba Wireless, and we'll explore a wise option for the digital elephant in the room. That's next unlicensed to parents. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is also the author of the book, The Miracles of Shepherds Hill, and I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can better be prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. Trace, you've said that when you talk to virtually any adult, including most parents, they'll always agree with your proposition that no dependent minor should be allowed to have unfettered access to a smartphone much less the smaller kids. And yet, very often, that's the very same parents who are actually providing these devices to their kids. Yeah. Just what's going on here? Well, Michelle, I hate to say it, but what's going on here looks a whole lot like blatant hypocrisy, uh, cognitive dissonance, or both at the same time. Uh, But in many cases, it may be something more innocent on the part of the parents. And, uh, you know, maybe innocent isn't quite the right word, but Parents have a tendency to turn a blind eye to what their kids are actually capable of, sin-wise. Too often, they naively uh, make the mistake of thinking the best of their children when, you know, they really should be thinking the truth about their kids. And the truth is, we're all born with a sin nature, and this includes our little angels. I mean, think about it. Had, Had they been around when we were growing up, what would we have done if our parents would have given us unfettered access to a smartphone? So this apparent hypocrisy and cognitive dissonance is definitely a thing, but it's happened before. I mean, think back to the 19th century when human slavery was systemic in America. Uh, matter of fact, Shepherd's Hill Academy used to be uh, a cotton plantation. It was ingrained in the worldview of the culture. By and large, there was a cognitive dissonance among Southerners that blinded them to the hypocrisy of human slavery. Why? Because Southern whites benefited from human slavery big time. I mean, there's no, no getting around that. You, you might even say that They were addicted to it. Uh, Like smartphones of today, slavery brought a whole lot of convenience and in some cases even a pampered lifestyle to folks. Abolitionists, most of whom were committed Christians, had a justified fear that thinking outside the box to fight against the tide of our nation's addiction to this blind systemic hypocrisy. Uh, Abolitionists feared being mocked, ridiculed, slandered, and even physically harmed to speak out against it. And ultimately, you know, it cost us 600,000 lives to get it all sorted out as a result of a bloody civil war. So there's a fear and an addiction element to this digital equation also. Uh, Many parents are afraid to be the first to say that the emperor is actually naked. But like human slavery back in the day, ignorance plays into it too. 
It's the idea that people were simply victims of their times, you know, caught up in a mindset or a worldview that was, again, ingrained in them. But at the end of the day, it still doesn't excuse it. You know, Trace, I'm kind of wondering where do we go from here? Because I'm pretty sure you've thought of a resolution to this. Yeah, I, I actually have. And uh, yeah, I'm, but I'm not saying that there's a one to one correlation between human slavery and I slavery. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. My point is the blindness involved in, in both. I mean, especially, you know, when the church mm-hmm. used the Bible to justify it. But there's an, an old saying the mind can always justify what the heart has already accepted. These days, we're caught up in another kind of hypocrisy, another kind of systemic cognitive dissonance, another kind of ignorance, another kind of addiction, and another kind of abuse, another kind of slavery. I slavery, particularly with kids, is today's elephant in the room. But so many parents are caught between their own I slavery and the perception that if you know, they don't allow their kids to engage in what they're clearly addicted to themselves, then they'll be considered hypocrites. But it's deeper than that. I mean, parents know there's a problem. But so many are still ignorant to the depths of those problems. And I'm talking about psychologically, physically, emotionally, educationally, neurologically, relationally, even spiritually. So we need to be like the sons of Issachar in, in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. Uh, it says that these were men who understood their times and knew what to do. If we don't know what to do, we'll be poised to lose our kids to the self-inflicted wounds of today's eye slavery, particularly to those addictive adult toys we call smartphones. Never in our nation's history have we been so tolerant of kids indulging in addictive activity. I mean, you can't even pull the lever on a slot machine until you're 21 years old. And you can't put a slot machine under your pillow and kids aren't watching porn on them. So it's time we wake up and become a, a new kind of abolitionist. Well, that's right, Trace. Well, today's guest is Nate Randall, and Nate is the CEO at Gab Wireless. In his role at Gab Wireless, Nate has overseen record-breaking sales along with a new level of community outreach, which includes a special focus on helping single parents. Nate is married and has four kids, so he brings a focus on family approach to his leadership at Gab. Welcome, Nate. Hi, Michelle. Thank you. Hi, Trace. Hey, Nate. Thank you for being with us today. Um, Before we get into what Gab Wireless actually is, uh, and we will get to that, I I need to ask you a few things. Please. Uh, The first first thing I need to ask you is why so many parents are giving their dependent minors unfettered access to smartphones, and all too often before they can even tie their shoes. Because kids beg over and over and over, and the easiest response is to give in. It, it happens every day where a kid says, mom, dad, I want it. I need it. My friends have it. I want to be popular. If I don't get it, I won't be popular. I'll get teased. I'll get bullied. And finally, the parents say, you know what? I'm done here. How has that worked in your life, Nate? I know you have four kids. Do they have smartphones? Do they not? Well, I'll tell you why I'm here. I gave my oldest a smartphone too soon. Mm. I was at Nike. And I was traveling a lot and I wanted to be connected to my oldest. And so my wife and I said, let's give her a smartphone with guardrails. Let's put parental notifications. Let's put all the blocks and filters on it. She'll be just fine. We trust her. The problem with that is you can trust your child all you want, but do you trust those who are going to connect with her through that device? And what happened is she went to a 11 year old birthday party The older brother of the girls that was having the birthday thought my daughter was cute, got her number, Mm. and started sending pictures 
that took the innocence of my child. And I came home from a business trip and found out what was on my daughter's phone. And I was devastated. It's one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made as a parent. She was way too young. Mm -hmm. I did it for convenience. I didn't think through all the challenges and I had to own that I was the one who made that decision. The, the individuals who were sending my kids pictures, I guess I could blame it on them, but the reality was it was my fault. Well, you know, I, I, I was in Nashville, Tennessee at a American Association of Christian Counselors Conference and uh, a well-known speaker, Josh McDowell, uh, youth leader uh, back then. This was probably seven years ago. Uh, in front of 7,000 mental health professionals, uh, the first thing to come out of his mouth uh, at the microphone, ladies and gentlemen, the day of the sleepover is over. And he went on to speak of what took place with uh, someone he knew very well. Uh, it was an all-girl sleepover, and it, let's just put it this way, it didn't end well. Um, you're alluding to a little bit of what I talked about in the opening. Um, my daughter, who's never been in a program, but she now runs one. And I'm not, I don't say that to, to boast. Please don't hear that. Um, but she wanted to spend the night with some kids at her Christian school when she was in high school. And, of course, this is probably phew, 15 years ago now. No, more than that, probably closer to 20 years ago. And I saw where things were going, and uh, this is long before smartphones. And I said, you can't go. Why? Well, I don't know that family very well, and you know, they got a computer in there, I'm sure, and unless you, know, you, you want me to call them up and make sure they shut it all down, uh, you're not going there. Well, and then, of course, after a, a, a little bit of bantering, I, I got this, don't you trust me? And my answer yep. was, not a very politically correct one, was, Heck no, I don't trust you. <laughs> I said, I don't trust mm -hmm. me in that situation. Why would I trust you in that situation? I said, I'm not going to put myself in a bad situation and without knowing where the computers are and, and the screens in that home, uh, you, you can't, we're not going to do that. And it was a few years later that, that Josh McDowell spoke what he spoke and I, I, I resonated, never, never forgot that. Um, why do so many parents still believe that smartphones are the only option for communication with their kids? I think it's the default option. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that they truly believe it's the only option. It's just the easiest option. Yeah. And it's the option the kids want and they want to be the cool parent and they want to show their kid that they trust them. And so they, they step into it. Right. I relate smartphones to swim lessons and I'll explain quickly. There isn't a parent in the country that would take their child to a swimming pool, walk down into the deep end and push them in without swimming lessons. We all know the outcome. Child drowns. Mm -hmm. So we as parents panic at the pool. You have to have your floaties on. You have to have your sunscreen on. You can't be in the deep end without mom and dad. You have to go through lessons. We spend hours and money to protect our kids from drowning in the swimming pool. And then we hand them a smartphone and we push them in the deep end and they drown. And that may sound a bit dramatic, but that is the reality of what's happening. If you, if you wouldn't let your kid go to the swimming pool without swimming lessons and swim in the deep end, why are you willing to give them a smartphone? Because a smartphone is, it's killing them in a lot of instances, literally leading to suicide, bullying, addiction. It's rampant. Yeah. And we've just turned and looked the other way and said, as long as I don't know, or as long as it doesn't take up my time and take away from my own screen time, then I, I just won't worry about it. 
Well, I don't think your analogy is over the top at all. I mean, giving your kid a smartphone as I see it, and again, I I got a proving ground here, not just theorizing behind a desk, but giving your kid a smartphone is kind of a lifelong drowning. It's just a longer, I think, more brutal death. And so I hope by the time this broadcast ends, parents will have their eyes open to really what's going on here. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Nate Randall. Nate is the CEO of Gab Wireless. Trace Embry, Nate, and I will be right back after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a one-year residential program for teens in crisis. And today we are helping you, the parent, think through the importance of giving your child a smartphone. Our guest is Nate Randall with Gab Wireless. And Nate, before the break, you were telling us the story about giving your daughter, your 11-year-old daughter, a smartphone because you felt like, well, that's what you guys needed to do. But help us understand just how you had that conversation of pulling back on that smartphone, maybe if there was an alternative, and where is she today? Yeah, so we had to sit down as parents and explain to her that it was our fault, because it mm. was. We had to take ownership. It's a good start. It was, she, she was feeling extremely guilty, felt like she had let us down, mm-hmm. that she had that we weren't going to trust her anymore. And the reality was we failed as parents. It was our choice to give it to her, and she was not mature enough to manage it. And the circle that was around her was definitely not mature enough to be trusted. Mm -hmm. So we did take the phone 
and I won't spend too much time on the, the years after that because we, we set parameters and took a whole different direction, but it didn't ruin my daughter's life. She's amazing. Hmm. Yeah. She has a scholarship at one of the top universities in the country. Um, an amazing voice. Hmm. She's doing so well. I think the lesson is parents have to jump in. You can't say, ah, wow, we made a mistake together. Let's continue on the same path. If you don't make an immediate correction, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. You you jumped in in time. It sounds like, uh, back to your drowning analogy, uh, you can jump, jump in after junior gets a half a lung full of water. It's still a traumatic experience. It probably will stay with them for quite a while. Uh, but you didn't let them drown. Praise God for that. Um, before we get into all the things that Gab offers to help families, can you tell us about what you guys have, have come up with uh, phone-wise, communication-wise, uh, to mitigate the liabilities that accompany a child's unfettered access to a smartphone? Sure. So the reason parents feel stuck, what was on the market was a smartphone and a flip phone. Mm-hmm. That, that was the reality. And there's a Grand Canyon between both of those. Mm-hmm. The smartphone we've talked about, all the dangers and addictions that we don't want our kids to experience. And then there's a flip phone and a flip phone, kids get bullied and teased for having a flip phone. Mm-hmm. So what we did with our Gab wireless phone is create a middle ground, a phone that looks like a smartphone. So a kid can sit in the hallway on the bus in the lunchroom and be on their phone and have it look like a smartphone, but it doesn't have the addictions and dangers of a smartphone. So the Gab phone is 100% idiot proof. I mean, no kids can work around that, right? It's locked down. So what we've done is we take a phone, we strip the operating system in it, and we put in our own Gab safe operating system. Mm. So there's no internet, no games, no social media. And what it allows a parent and their child to do is build this trusting digital relationship together. As a parent, you can say to your child, you show me that you can take the correct steps in talking over a phone and texting And we'll have that dialogue. There's things you do text and don't text. There's things you say in a call and don't Mm -hmm. say in a call. And when we take that first step in tech together, then down the road, we'll add additional experiences to your tech, but not all at once out of the gate. We we call this our lockdown version. It was our first step in tech and, and the ideal first safe phone for kids. What we're working on right now is a phone that has a bit more flexibility to it for tweens and teens. Mm -hmm. What I mean by flexibility is you can have school apps, you can have religious apps, you can have some filtered and curated music, you can have maps, things that kids as they start to get older and they're in junior high and high school, it's the trust step. It's the next step into tech. Right. Right. So it's a phone with training wheels, metaphorically speaking, which I think is just a natural thing that, that needs to be done. Uh, how do you respond to the parent who says that, you know, that, well, they got filters and accountability systems in place uh, for their child's smartphone? This generation, they were born more digital savvy than any of us. There are dev boards or chat boards online that parents know nothing about where kids spend time talking about and sharing how to get around parental controls and filters. Right. So when a parent thinks, uh, I set the filtration or the the parental controls on the smartphone, that kid, it's not if, it's when. Yeah, They're going to do whatever they can to get around. The best kids that are getting straight A's Mm -hmm. and 
doing great things in their community are still going to do whatever it takes to get around parental controls because they want to be into the things that we've talked about. I don't think a lot of parents realize that uh, in some cases it's the Bible quiz winners on uh, Sunday morning uh, that are fornicating in the parking lot on Sunday night. They don't think that could possibly happen, but I know for a fact that it does. And so I, uh, I'm letting the cat out of the bag, folks. Uh, you know, just, just remember, you were 13 once, you were 15 once, and if you were given unfettered access to one of these addictive adult toys, what would you have done with that? Uh, but how do you answer the parent who says, you know, they're just going to see it on their friend's phone, so we might, as well, we might as well just give them this device anyway? I hope that's not a parent's approach. In, oh, in, my home, <laughs> in my home, and I'm, I'm speaking for parents, in my home, in my relationship with my child, I am going to do whatever it takes to protect them. Now, not, not, not from a helicopter parent approach of right. I'm in every detail and know every conversation and I'm borderline stalking their child, but I'm going to set up every positive possible scenario so that my child and my children have the opportunity to succeed. And I'm going to be willing to have the tough conversations. You know that when you go over to your friend's house, if their parents are home or not home, you may see things that are, are damaging to your soul, your mind, and your future. And I've got to trust as a parent that you're going to want to make decisions based off of what we've talked about. I've warned you, I've told you, kids are still going to get into it. But if you're a parent that says, my kid's going to have it because everyone else has it, that is a massive step. It's, it's the swimming pool scenario. Well, what if, you know, what if every other parent uh, gave their kids keys to the liquor cabinet or condoms to go out on a date? Uh, would we be doing that too? And I think Michelle said it perfectly in the opening. We're at a place in world history where we, we can no longer uh, follow the lead of the culture. We have to train our kids from a very early age, uh, just like I did with my kids about dating. They knew from the time they were pups, you want to date? Fine. Just know you're always going to have a chaperone who's going to look a whole lot like mom or dad. And, and you know what? By the time they got of dating age, they were fine with that. They, they, were, they were totally uh, cool with that. Mm-hmm. And that way it's not such a big shock when, when they become that age. They're just like, okay, that, well, that's how it's going to be. And, and in the meantime, you're giving them all the logical and historical and statistical and biblical evidence for, for your position and that, uh, yeah, the rest of the world can be crazy, and maybe my family's the only one on the block or in the town that has got their head screwed on straight when it comes from the perspective of objective truth uh, and, and, and moral values and, and whatnot. And uh, I'll sign this program off, as I do all programs. If you don't train your children, somebody else will. And so it's our goal to do that. But, um, you know, when your founder, Stephen Dalby, flew out of... Palms, uh, flew out to Palm Springs to, to meet Dr. Nicholas Carderas and me, it seemed apparent that Gab was much more than a mere business venture for him. Can you tell me about his passion and concern? I know you've told me a little about, about yours, but tell me a little bit about Stephen's uh, passion and, and how this whole thing got started. He had a son that was ready for a phone, hmm. and he went into one of the carriers and realized it was smartphone or flip phone. And he knew the dangers of the smartphone. And his son said, Dad, if you get me that flip phone, I'm going to get teased. And so he went on this unbelievable journey to create the middle ground. Mm -hmm. And it's Gab Wireless. Well, thank God for it. I mean, uh, you guys are... Don't take offense at how I say this, but you guys have been kind of the crash test dummies for the rest of us. Because 
I often hear the same story. You know, I didn't even think this was going to be an issue, and then now our, our whole lives are turned upside down, and I'm losing my kid to a, a program in North Georgia uh, to get it all sorted out. Uh, so so uh, thank you for that. Is it possible that our kids could engage in, in too much entertainment, too much knowledge? I think it depends on the knowledge. Is it positive, uplifting, and helping them to become a, a better person and citizen? Or is it the negative, degrading, take them off the right path type of knowledge? And so what, what we tell Gab parents and Gab kids is, we don't want you on our device. That sounds crazy, but we don't make any more money if you spend more time on our device. Right. We want you off the device, and we want you doing things that, that make you better. So, Nate, what have you seen the reaction of parents with Gab Wireless? Having an alternative phone, what are parents saying? I sit in on customer service calls all the time, and I've never been... I've never been at a place or in a, a period of my career where a parent will take the time to call in and say, this is so-and-so from Georgia or Alabama or somewhere in the country. I don't have any issues. I just want to call and say thank you hmm. for having something that has made a difference in my family. That's amazing. And it happens all the time. And the extended story is my 14-year-old was addicted to porn, addicted to gambling on a smartphone, pick whatever the addiction was, or was getting bullied or is feeling suicidal. And I have to work with that child now. Mm -hmm. I, I made that decision. I let them step into tech the wrong way. My 12-year-old coming up, I'm not going to make the same mistake. Good for you. And I'm going to put that 12-year-old on a gab. Yeah. So that's the feedback we get from parents. So what about the kids? What are kids saying about it? Look, the reality is kids don't love it hmm. because they want, they want the device that gives them access to everything. You so know else they don't love? I, church. Or, or chores, uh, or school. There's a lot of things they don't love, but it's good for them, and they need it. And exactly. they're going to appreciate their parents when they're 30, 35 years old, and they're not addicted to porn, or they're not, they're not in their third marriage, or whatever the case may be. You're obviously very passionate about this, and you know this is going to have to be the final question, because uh, the clock is done. But uh, what's it going to take for the, uh, all the world's parents to share the same passion and concern? Hopefully not to have to go through the things that Stephen and you went through. We have to take back our kids Amen. and we have to make it a top priority. Yep. It has to matter more than anything else in your life. If you're a parent who wants to see your kids succeed, you have to take your kids back because I promise you there is somebody on the other end grooming your kid yep. or bullying your kid or leading them down a path and they care about crushing your kid. Mm -hmm. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Nate, thank you so much for joining us today on Licensed to Parent. This has this has been a great half hour. I have thank you, Nate. I have learned a lot. I have gained a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that there are other people that care. Our kids matter. We owe it to this next generation to stand up for them. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Nate Randall. Nate is the CEO for Gab Wireless. If you're interested in learning more about Gab, we have a link on our website. Go to licensedparent.org and look for Wise Phone. It's in the top middle of the home page. 
Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Licensed to Parent is an extension of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered, wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. You can learn more about this ministry to teens and their families at our website. Again, it's licensedtoparent.org. Shepherds Hill Academy is expanding our campus, and we've just broken ground, and we need your help. Would you consider giving a financial gift? A gift of any amount to Shepherds Hill brings hope and healing to families in crisis. You can give securely online by clicking the Donate button at the top of the page when you visit LicensedToParent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.